Well, Matt, it is a, it's a pleasure to have you here. And I just, I want to tell you uh, one of the reasons why you're on the show today. I'm a big fan of Jimmy Pardo. And I listen to Never Not Funny often. And when Jimmy Pardo, who is a, a, a master comedian, one of the greatest yes. uh, riffers, crowd work uh, comedians we have today, a hero nice. of mine. But when he starts, uh, you know, fringing into the horror community and starts taking guests that should belong on this show, mm. I had to bring in the fold to give you to, the, to a community that will appreciate the work that you do fully. Well, and that was a, a funny podcast because I, too, am a huge fan of Jimmy Pardo and, you know, I've listened to it for like 20 years or whatever. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah. awesome. I'm going to be on it. And uh, but then we couldn't talk about the most exciting thing that I'd done in the past uh, <laughs> ever uh, because, you know, spoilers and whatnot. So uh, anyway, so it was a funny thing to to be there, but not be able to talk about anything regarding Barbarian. <laughs> Well, see, that was, what, nine months since uh, Barbarian came out? So we've got plenty of opportunity to spoil everything we, spoil we want it. to. If you haven't seen it by now, it's on you. It was also interesting. Uh, did you see who he, uh, he had on this week? Doug Jones, right? Doug Jones. So wh- what is this? He's doubling down. Well, and, and we were talking about that exact thing then. Uh, he was like, we got to get Doug on here. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and. And he was saying how, like, Doug was like, oh, I'm, I'm nervous because, uh, you know, then I'll have to be funny. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So I'm glad <laughs> that finally happened. So, so do you know Doug? Do all, do all tall, skinny uh, character actors know each other? Yeah, there's a club. We all <laughs> hang out and uh, put prosthetics on each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we happen to have the same manager, uh, Bruce Smith at Omnipop. He represents a bunch of uh, comedy folk, and then including Jimmy Pardo. And, uh, and then he also represents Doug Jones. And so, uh, Bruce came and saw a one man musical I was doing a million years ago at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, which is a comedy theater in Los Angeles. And, uh, and then we were going to sign with each other. And, and then I was like, Hey, and by the way, I know who Doug Jones is. Uh, (laughs) I would also like to do that if possible, you know, as a plate that I spin in this wacky career. And so, um. Yeah, so uh, there have been a handful of things now where uh, my my manager will employ the Doug Jones pivot when they come to him for Doug, he'll be unavailable, and then you know my manager will be like, "I have a different tall, skinny, physical actor." Oh, <laughs> that's that's a plus business right there. That's right. That's, that's how you doing do it. that biz, that sweet biz. So, yeah. man, are you a you're a song and dance man? Then originally, it sounds like. Well, sure. I've done my fair share of musicals and I've written musicals and uh, I've been on Broadway and uh, yeah, I just spin as many plates as possible. Well, that, you know, hey man, everybody's got to, you know, we got to provide meals on the tables. So uh, we always got to sing for our supper one way or another. Exactly. And sometimes it's literally singing. (laughs) Now, Russell, did you know that Matt has a, a very popular YouTube clip out there? Um, where he is performing as, as Jack Skellington. Oh no! And uh, it is it's it, this has been a, a sensation for a while. So I mean, he's the guy. Look, I mean, you no, know, uh, Matt, you're what six seven? Oh, I'm six eight. Oh, six eight. <laughs> Don't, Don't take that. Come on, that's a that's away Jack from Skellington. Me. There we go. Yeah, exactly. That's Jack. I actually just sure. got lectured in front of a um, Little Mermaid standee 
we went to go watch Renfield and they just put out the little mermaid standy for people to take pictures in front of. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And we got into a conversation about uh, live action Disney. And one of our one of our buddies who has the thickest Filipino accent lectured me for 15 minutes about how they need to make a Nightmare on Elm Street live action. Or and, before uh, Christmas. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what did I say? Elm Street. You said, Elm that's Street. Yeah, live oh my action. God. Yeah. I know. I'm wearing they need my, to make uh, an animated Nightmare on Elm Street and then a live action Nightmare Before Christmas. You got to oh, do Nightmare go. Before Christmas, though. Now I'm on board. I, how did it do look? It. I'm going to pull up that clip. <laughs> that was we just did it in an acting class. So it was very like um, lo-fi, you know, like just like hand a handmade feeling about it. Um, and yeah, because we had no budget or anything and we just did it for fun. Um, now I haven't seen any of those live action Disney movies. Are they, are they good? Like if that, I mean, it's a Disney, your movie, hero so made my, one. Who's my hero. Guy Ritchie. Oh, he did. Aladdin. That was Guy Ritchie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing out. Dude. Does it read um, like a Guy Ritchie movie? I never saw it. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks. All right. But I mean, clearly, you know, I, I, this would be a more entertaining question if there wasn't be a lot of money on the table. Yeah. But would doing something like playing Jack Skellington in a role be something you'd be into? Like, is this where you see your career going? I, I, uh, it's for sure always been a dream. And to be clear, not the live action movie version. I would like, you know, it to get the Broadway treatment, like do what they did with Lion King, you know, what Julie Tamor did with Lion King. And, uh, do that for Nightmare Before Christmas. So have that in New York in a theater. Damn. Yeah. You know, uh, Just blew here, your as mind, a recovering Russell. goth kid, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I didn't identify recovering. as recovering. Well, I mean, no, metal's very different. It's okay. much more adult. Thank you so much. Here's the thing. <laughs> I, I oh, used to, uh, for every birthday or Christmas, people would always get me Nightmare Before Christmas shit. And then I would sure. start to like cringe after a while. I'm like, God, do they not stop making this merch? So I have a, a weird topic. relationship with it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, ask Oksana about it. We have a producer in here who denies being goth in high mm-hmm. school and she was growing up. <laughs> Go ahead. Say it. You can say it on mic. I was not goth. Okay. That's all the time you get. <laughs> Worth it. But you did it very well. <laughs> Here's the thing. Once once our community gets their claws in you, you're not going to have another road out. And Clark was very excited to talk to you because you had a, a background in comedy. And I'm curious, like, was your goal originally to find a, like, comedic career? Or I'm there's an opportunity now to become, like, a horror icon where, you know, in your later years in life, you might be at Monster Palooza at a table hey, signing. Getting book. that sweet, sweet cash. Yeah. If you get a good manager, I hear they can make a ton yeah. of money. I have started doing horror conventions. My man. Yeah. Right. My man. Now, now be honest. It's, yeah. Do you, is it a fun thing or are you kind of like, oh, how did I end up here? No, it's fun. What could not okay. be fun about it? Uh, you're getting to meet people. They all like the movie. They're nice to you. And, uh, and then, yeah, like you said, there's some cash involved and who doesn't like money? Which ones, which ones have you done, Matt? Uh, I did, uh, uh, creepy con in Ontario here in California and I did days of the dead in Atlanta. Oh, okay. Oh, Randy, you missed it. <laughs> Randy, oh, you're Randy. a big convention oh. guy. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> Next time. Now, 
Here's the thing. I watched a documentary. I don't know how um, versed you are in uh, there's there's this culture of it's so bad, it's good, which I don't subscribe to. I like watching movies made by people who don't understand how to make movies because I, I think they're they're very interesting and there's a lot you can get and they're they're always entertaining. But Troll 2 had a documentary come out where one of the main that the the, um, the dude who played the father in the family. Yeah. Don't piss on hospitality. Yeah. He. He had this new um, chapter in his life where he was going to horror conventions and he really hated it. And he was like, mm. you know, people love the movie and I love meeting them and they're nice. But he was a dentist and he would say things like, God, there's a lot of gingivitis here. <laughs> and he would just look around and, he, and it started to like you could feel him falling out of love with it. So I'm always curious on that, like that route, if people are really having fun. And I, I mean, you sold me. I believe you, but. Yeah. And ask. for me, it's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Cause you know, I was there doing, you know, representing a film that had just come out and, uh, and then across from me was a dude from like maybe the fifth, uh, Friday the 13th or something like that. And so, yep. and he had a, a, a picture of him as a kid, uh, like on a poster behind him. And now he's like 40 signing mm-hmm. pictures of him as a kid, you know, but again, I think he also likes money and he, <laughs> people were paying for his signature. It had some value to them. So, you know, why not? I don't know. So Matt, uh, the, these two in this room, they're huge convention people. I, and they try mm-hmm. to bring me in. They, I, I, I bit the bullet one time. It was this summer, uh, sinister creature con in Sacramento. Uh, okay. we were there and, uh, Joe Bob was there. And he was doing like a big thing and, and him and Darcy were there and it was a room full of people when we got there. And uh, it, it, you know, when, when you have a concentrated um, room full of um, uh, 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 horror con goers, you really start to see the saturated ugliness of everyone <laughs> in the room. And it very quickly became, you see both Russell and I here on camera painfully Beautiful. average to below average looking men. We were the hottest people in that room and it wasn't even close. So that's all good. Like. Yes. Yeah. So needless to say, I go all the time now. That's right. For a good ego boost. Exactly. <laughs> but no, there, you know, I, I think it's an interesting thing. And I think that, um, who was there when we, Bill Mosley was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That line did not move the entire day. You know, it, yeah. it's wild. And so, know. you know, he I was, think he that, was at both that I went to also. And, and yeah, he always had a line and, uh, you know, I, I, I think he enjoys it. <laughs> well, yeah, because he's been accepted by the community. And the one yeah. thing that we do know about the horror community outside of them being, you know, uh, shallow and, 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 um, you know, there's, there's a lot of polarity there. They spend money. That's the one thing we do know is that the horror community loves to spend money. And, uh, hey, man, it's it's all part of the marriage. So congratulations for getting in there. Well, thank you. And, uh, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, uh, and it still is, you know, it's early on. So it's fun to see kind of the penny drop for people. Um, you know, they'll, like, walk past and be like, Matthew Patrick, yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, wait, a, <laughs> wait, that was that was naked Tata lady? What? You know, like, and <laughs> you just see, like, and then they're like, and then they have to come up and, um, and then, I mean, also I had like a, a hairy milk bottle that they gave me as uh, as swag. And so for the photo op, I'm like bottle feeding 
people. So now in my tagged photos, <laughs> I have like a hundred pictures of me bottle feeding people. <laughs> I was like, what, what is this? What's going on here? What have I brought upon myself? I've only myself to blame, but I don't know. People seem now, to enjoy I- it. As a horror fan, that yeah. sounds like a fantastic photo. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Right? So, yeah. you know, who am I to deny the joy of uh, bottle feeding people? Who am I to deny that? Okay. Well, you are the mother, Matt. You are the mother. I'm the mother. Come to me. You're That's all it. my babies. That's it. Okay. No, oh, now, now you're just Conan. Now you're turning into Conan. <laughs> my babies. Conan O'Brien? Yeah, that, he, my, he used to say that all the time. What's up, my babies? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Now, Okay. <laughs> When, when you have a line of people and they're coming to meet you, I, I mean, I've been guilty of this in the past. We always have to tell you our personal connection with the character. And I'm interested, like, there's a lot of nuance in the mother in Barbarian. Like, you're terrifying. Uh, I, I hear you referred to as a slasher all the time, even though I, I think you might be able to tease that out as incorrect. And you're not even clearly a villain. So I'm curious what kind of, um, what people are coming up and saying to you. Slasher's incorrect. Yeah, no, it doesn't really work. Yeah, not a slasher. Yeah, and uh, to be a slasher, don't you have to have a knife or no? No. <laughs> you, just, no. You, you, just, you just like a murderer. You just got to murder. I think you just need a kill count. You need to have, yeah. um, you need to be the reason people are showing up for you. Like, even though we're introduced to protagonists who we don't want to die, hopefully, you're still kind of rooting for him too. There's yeah. there's a whole Jungian theory about like the anima and the animus that we could get into, but. None of that really works for the mother, yet, you know, right. the trope dialogue, we don't really have a word for what you are. Well, yeah, I mean, and that is the feedback that I'll get is, you know, people will say like, oh, I love how like in the end you feel bad for her and you realize like, oh, she's a victim. And yeah. I mean, I think when you're talking about like horror tropes, I think actually it does go back to like the old movie monsters like King Kong or Frankenstein, you know, like they're all they're they're given by the end you empathize with them and you see like they're a victim of their circumstances and maybe the true villain is the humans you know that kind of thing they're misunderstood yeah they're just they're misunderstood there's an innocence about them they're yeah and so uh you realize you know they're not just people that love a murdering you know yeah wow that you know god i hadn't even considered that and it's perfect it really is like a 1920 kind of like universal we're a german filmmaker fleeing you know world war ii and all of the like the wolfman frankenstein the invisible man they're all fairly sympathetic or they come from like you know a trauma except for the creature of the black lagoon who's just a monster abducting women he's the (laughs) only one and you know you don't fit in there but you're totally right because I, I had a, my theory about Barbarian was, it was about old Hollywood and how you, you come into a kind of um, this like long standing corporation that becomes incestuous and like the children of the children of the children are really like a weird kind of um, amalgamation of just like long trauma. And you, you know, in, in my theory kind of fit right in the middle. And it's funny because you're like, you're tormenting Justin long, but you're really mothering him. Sure. And you know, as we, we just had a a newborn like five months ago and the breastfeeding, you know, I just rewatched the movie (laughs) and I'm like, Oh God, it's weird now. (laughs) (laughs) Now you understand. Sometimes they just don't want to latch. I do. Oh my! 
it's true. <laughs> Oksana didn't want to weigh on, but I mean, I mean, earlier today we were having that issue. Except our problem is that the little boy likes to watch TV instead of eat. So I actually Justin Long was kind of watching TV. He had the There's instructional. In yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you put that on for your little boy. Just an instructional video of breastfeeding on a loop, and then maybe that'll get him into it. God, damn. That's <laughs> so, dude, you are though. You're a sympathetic man. I love. How do you feel about the film? Are you a big horror guy? Are you now? I'm. I'm like trying to play catch up. Um, you know, like I grew up uh, loving The Shining and loving Evil Dead Two and stuff like that. But I have huge horror blind spots, and um, and so I've been trying to play catch up and and then see them as they come out now. Um, and then when I was in Bulgaria shooting Barbarian, I, I asked, uh, you know, the director, Zach, like, what are your favorite horror movies? What should I watch? And so that's like the first time I watched Hereditary or uh, Audition, the Japanese movie. Right, um, yeah. Or like The Descent or stuff like that. So Yeah, horror is a really robust genre. So even if you're just like a film fan, you can kind of navigate it probably forever just watching like kind of highbrow interpretation. And now, even now, like A24 has found a market for it where it's kind of not like smutty or like, <clears throat> you know, 80s LA where the director's driving around in a convertible with the topless girl. Like we're, we're kind of moving away from that. But I mean, Terrifier 2 just blew up. So there's still room for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched that too because I knew I'd be meeting all those people at the conventions. So even though I was scaled. Because I had heard, you know, oh, everyone, uh, oh, people vomit in the theaters. Oh, no. You know, know. but then I watched it. I was fine. It it, it was like because it was all practically done. It was just funny. (laughs) You know, just like over the top funny. It wasn't there wasn't anything like uh, that I couldn't take. Honestly, as far as like gore or like visceral terror, I think Barbarians kind of got it beat because we're really just I mean, in Terrifier 2, there's a lot of like blood. But it gets like Evil Dead 2 kind of cartoonish, like over the top. I never felt queasy, but in Barbarian, we were dealing with like, like again, like the hairy breastfeeding stuff. It's just, that's like a... An image I'd never seen on screen before. Well, I think you're you're talking about two different scenarios here. Because, you know, Terrifier 2 is very much um, fan service to Mm -hmm. a certain degree of, of Terrifier. Because, you know, Terrifier was a huge underground hit. And the Kickstarter went bananas. And then they had all this money to play with. And then it made, it's made like what? Almost $10 million or something? Insane. Yeah. So it's like, and you know, and also when we had Damien on here, I was the first one to tell him his movie is too damn long. (laughs) There's no reason that thing needs to be two and a half hours or whatever it is. No. Well, all movies are too long now. I mean, and that's what was so great about Barbarian. It was under two hours. Baba. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. see, it's funny because you say that, but so the way that we go to the movies is anytime a horror film comes out, we just go, even if we don't want to watch it. So mm. when Barbarian came out, I don't watch trailers and I'm like, one, I'm a big sword and sorcery fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of the other Conan. And I'm like, why is this movie called fucking Barbarian? Like, I just <laughs> felt like I, it, they were going to veer into one of my lanes and I was going to be offended. Right. And yet your film kind of became known as the best movie that year in the horror community. And people kept referring to it throughout. And I, you know, I get a little upset that we live in a world where there's 10 new movies every week and we don't really get to linger on it. And I wonder, like, 
you know, if your movie had come out in the 80s or the 90s, well, I think a lot of the the topical conversation around it wouldn't work. But, man, it would be a classic. I think you all really did something special here. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm. it's been a high honor. And, you know, like doing a thing, you don't know how it's going to turn out and or you don't know how it's going to be received. And um, I mean, I read the script. I knew like, wow, a lot of bonkers things happen in this script. And I knew who they cast and I knew like, oh, they're very good actors, you know. But beyond that, you know, I didn't know how it was going to turn out. And so it's been, yeah, just really cool to, wow, be a part of, I mean, I, I saw it in the theater like 10 times. Uh, and, you know, it was my first movie. So there was that. But I think also I just really liked the movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah, man, Zach, you made a good movie. <laughs> it's fun to watch. Well, it helps when there's a good script and the rest of the movie is good. But I, I really want to focus on you. Because you talked sure. about doing um, stage performing before, and I know you act big for the back of the room, yet when you're on film and you have like a close-up, you really want to articulate. And the thing I loved about your portrayal of the mother was your hands were always moving. Like you gave almost like a spider kind of vibe. And, you know, horror movie, we've been doing this to tall people forever. Um, yeah. We play a lot in found footage. So there's a movie called The Tunnel. And the creature in that movie was a tall guy in a small tunnel. And we just, there's something about that imagery. You, like you see it at like Halloween Horror Nights where you get a guy on stilts and you put him in a little area and it just evokes like, oh, I'm, I'm doomed. Like I can't do anything. <laughs> and we've been doing this to y'all forever, but I feel like your, your physical acting was the best I've seen. And I'm like, wow. dude, well, he's a comedy guy. Okay. So, yeah. And that's that's why I wanted to to pair those things together because like and Matt, we're gonna we're gonna get to you where you get to answer these questions here eventually. <laughs> but <laughs> it's um you know, coming from you know the the sketch and comedy world, um, physicality is a big thing. And especially when you have the frame to support that. You you know, look at a Jim Carrey, a John Cleese, okay. or even go back to Dick Van Dyke. Um, you know, and I, who, who I think would maybe be, you know, sort of the godfather of that, um, to where, uh, you've just, you've got these long limbs and you're able to accentuate and, um, you know, combine with whatever you want to come out, you know, verbally. So it's, it has to be that marriage. So when you're doing that in horror, are you changing things up or is it still sort of the same mentality like you know russ was saying that you know i, I like the, the comparison about like a spider kind of so are you mm -hmm. a strasburg guy do you believe in sort of inhabiting some sort of animal uh with that <laughs> or yeah this just a physicality piece of that is, is a good talking point yeah well you're right clark that like the physic and my physicality is the through line between like comedy and then also horror um it's what got me into comedy and and yes, Jim Carrey and John Cleese and Jerry Lewis and Dick Van Dyke and Bill Irwin and, you know, like just like physical comedians. And it made me realize, oh, on stage, I could use my tall skinniness for perhaps comedic purposes. Oh, OK, great. And then when I found out who Doug Jones was and tracked all of his roles, I was like, oh, here's someone that's using his physicality for perhaps uh, frightening purposes. I would like to do that, too. There is a, a parallel. Uh, there's a through line there. Um and then, um, yeah, as far as, I mean, yeah, like you mentioned spider and I mean, and just you, when you have a tall, a, a skinny, uh, finger, uh, thing, you can't, you know, you got to <laughs> spider it up. Right. Um, and then also you put like cracked uh, nails on top of it and Ooh, you just want to get those yeah. fingers going. But, um, yeah. 
the main thing I, I didn't like, I didn't study an animal, although I actually studied people that were raised like animals and that wow. still like 20 years later still have animalistic attributes. So I, I studied. You're talking about Alabamans, of- right? <laughs> Thank you. <so> much. <laughs> uh, I'm from Mississippi. I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) That is a whole other thing that I discovered after Barbarian. There, there are YouTube videos of like deeply inbred people. Yeah. Uh, And I was like, oh, okay. If there's ever a Barbarian two, I'm going to watch some of these videos too. (laughs) Um, But no, it was mostly watching videos of like victims of horrific abuse. uh, You know, deeply dark rabbit holes to go down. But you know, mostly women who, in their formative stages, were raised in cages. And, uh, um, yeah. And, and this, and this is all credit to Zach. He was like, uh, when I booked it, he was like, Hey, research, uh, feral children. And I didn't even really know what that meant, but, Oof. but yeah, you can go down this YouTube uh, rabbit hole of, um, uh, people that are raised like dogs or raised with dogs that therefore act like a dog. Um, and if they're not spoken to or they're kept in the dark during their early stages, like they'll never learn to speak. Their brain will not develop. And so it just explained everything about the mother, why she's nonverbal, why she is like, yeah, has like kind of a stunted uh, mentality. And, um, and yeah, just allowed me to see her as a victim and not just a scary person. Um, You know, if she's like, if she's bashing someone's head against a wall, it's because she's scared or, or she's just like having a tantrum or a kid, like, you know, like throwing their blocks off the table or whatever, you know, it's like there, there's not, um, there's a little bit of a dissociation there. So. Yeah. And you nailed that too. Uh, I went through a weird highbrow phrase where, or a phase of my life in my film appreciation where I was really looking into uh, Francois Truffaut's career and he had a movie called The Wild Child that I still think about. It's about a little kid. I, be, I believe it's based on a true story. And in um, 1798, they uh, a professor like tries to raise and teach a wild child who had been living on his own, kind of like Mowgli, uh, mm-hmm. to become like civilized. And it's just brutal because it, it can't happen. Something about our brain. Like if we don't live in society for those formative years, we're just, we're, you know, meant to be an animal, I guess. And it really comes through in your performance because you want to root for the mother character, especially at the end when you see her motivations aren't, you know, the typical horror character. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really tragic. I mean, the, the reason I really wanted to point, I mean, great point about the comedy. Cause obviously right when you said, I'm like, God damn. Yeah. The mask, how physical is that role? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but with horror, you always get the same shit where they always have Kane Hodder up there and they're like, talk about your physical performance. And I'm like, dude, you play a lumbering Hulk. That's and like, you know, a lot of the time, like if you look at Jason X or like uh, Friday the 13th, part seven, where he started, the most he does is like tilt his head like a dog. And you're like, OK, like it's a strong neck. I, <laughs> it's a big head. It's a thick neck yeah. on that man. But I'm like, that's not there's not a lot there. Like it does imply something. And I get like maybe before that, no, like you never saw Michael Myers do that really, yeah. even though he does. But I'm like with this, with the mother, you're very like, there's a lot being communicated through the physicality. And I mean, I don't know if you've ever, have you ever seen the tunnel? No, I haven't seen the tunnel or the wild child. I, these are all things I should watch. 
Well, definitely check out the tunnel because that was an Australian found footage film where there was something living under the city and they thought it might be like a homeless person. And it's like, when you watch it, you know, there's a giant guy in the tunnel and it could be a creature or a homeless person. It's still scary, Mm -hmm. but like it's, it's a lot of shadow work where you're in Mm -hmm. the light. And I I don't know, man, I'm really impressed. And there was one moment where uh, you chase the lead out and you're down in the basement window and the camera's pulling back from you and you kind of pull back from the camera too and i just like dude you fucking nailed it it's so artistic when he's reaching out yeah, yeah. it's so good like i don't awesome. know i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it again i don't know you did it man you're screwed you're gonna be in the horror um uh world forever now no that's not being screwed right you're in the horror world forever and what is it horrible look at I it know, i know <laughs> i know that's true that's a good yeah, point you want to come hang out with me dude <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> what have I done? Uh, I know. <laughs> so Matt, even though I've seen the movie more times than I care to admit right now, I- at least four times. Um, really? Well, I was going to watch, I did not watch it again because we were supposed to talk to Matt like a month ago yeah. and I had rewatched it then. I saw it twice in the theater. I bought it and I watched it. Then I watched it to prepare. So I was on the fifth time to watch it. But you did you film any scenes with Rich Brake uh, as your dad or did you guys work together? Uh, we only like there's a picture that we have together, both in our prosthetic makeup, because the the people, the prosthetic team in Bulgaria, they they did his old age makeup and they did my makeup. And so there was one overlap where uh, like I was shooting where he was getting into the makeup and then I went into the chair to get it taken off and he had hidden. Then he went to set to shoot his stuff. Um and so, yeah, we have a picture together, but yeah, we didn't shoot anything together, um, but we did get to hang out and we did get to hang out at uh, CreepyCon at the convention. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so did yeah. you shot everything in Bulgaria? Yes. Yeah, I was there for five weeks and um, they, they shot a handful of like maybe two days in Detroit and then a day in Malibu for that, you know, for Justin's opening shot. But then, but the rest is all Bulgaria. What about the grocery store? <laughs> the bolts, it's Bulgaria. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That's tight. They did a good job. Did they have to change all the produce out? They. <laughs> what? From? Get that specialty Bulgaria <laughs> stuff out of there. Yeah. The, the, pro, the tomatoes in Bulgaria don't look like Detroit tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. People that would be, be very. Hey, here's the problem. You're in the horror world now. These motherfuckers are strange and they will <laughs> comb over frames of the film. No. Just to, you know, get one up on each other. Well, hold on. Right. well they're all unemployed and live with their mother. <laughs> <laughs> I feel seen. Um, now, you were, it's weird. Now, we're talking about the nuance in your character. And normally when you play a slasher movie, they tend to isolate you from the actors on set. Did they do anything special like that? Or were you hanging out with everybody the whole time? I was hanging out. And, and also, even though I was there for five weeks, um, I still, I didn't shoot every day. They kind of had me spread throughout the five weeks. Um, I shot 12 days throughout five weeks. So I had a lot of downtime and they were nice enough to have me just hang out on set while I was, uh, during my downtime. Cause again, this was my first feature. So I just wanted to hang out and watch a movie be made, you know, and, uh, see Justin Long and Georgina and Bill Skarsgård do their work, you know? Um, so I met, all of them looking like me uh, first. And mm-hmm. then, um, 
And then I remember the first time <laughs> I was in the tunnels, the first time I met Justin in the getup, um, he was like, I was already in the tunnels, which were literally dark. And, uh, and then he was being brought to set and was all like in a good mood. Like he has such a great attitude. He's such a great guy. And he was like, you know, he learns everyone's name immediately and he's talking to everyone. And then I emerge from the shadows and then he goes like, Oh, Oh no. Oh, Oh. (laughs) And he like, is like looking at my boobs and then like looks away. And then he looks at my crotch and then like looks away and then looks at my face and looks away. And he's just like, uh, he's like, can we go back to the other movie we were making? The fun comedy about the rapist? (laughs) Uh, You know, obviously making a, making a joke there. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, it, it, but then, yeah, but then between takes, I'd be going, hey, guys, how's it going? You're talking like me. So <laughs> we were able to go in and out of it. Um, I'm sure there so would have been, d- th- yeah, that would have been an experience in itself to, like, stay in it and not break character and, you know, but uh, we didn't, we didn't do that. I mean, what if you're like a, a Jeremy Strong type where you're, you're a big character guy and you have to get yeah. stuck in that character for five weeks with uh, you have no verbal communication <laughs> and you're right. sucking on hairy baby bottles all day. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just texting people, ba ba ba. That'd be great. Uh, hey, DDL, he would have committed. That's all I'm saying. He would have exactly. taken it home. Mm-hmm. No, I'm curious. Did, did you keep in touch with Justin Long at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How? Yeah, we still... Uh, text here's the thing the horror community again i'm the representative for them today okay and one thing we love a monster which you know it's not clear if you are yet but we also (laughs) hate justin long for some reason i we uh our buddy terrell was there with us and he does a lot of our stuff on youtube and he's very opinionated and he really gets immersed in these films and he fucking hated justin long and i'm like i we were kind of talking past each other at first. And I'm like, dude, he was fantastic in the movie. Yeah. See, the, and he's like, oh, you like a rapist? And I'm like, well, hold on. But here's yeah, the thing. It's not the, the first time he's portrayed somebody in a horror movie that got like, he kind of plays the fall guy. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like and in Jeepers Creepers, I don't know why people don't like him. He's kind of the protagonist. But then um, what else did he do? He did another movie that he's become kind of. Tusk. There you uh, go. Yes. And I'm like, dude, he gets a lot of like anti-love. And so yeah. weird. So I'm curious, like, how did he, did you ever talk to him about how he was being received when the movie came out? Um, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, if people hate, I don't understand Justin hate. If, if people yeah. hate his character in barbarian, yeah. I understand that because his character is a despicable human. And I like that, you know, Allegedly. at the end you're like, are they, well, I mean, I think it becomes pretty clear, you know, like, uh, and that is the fun of it is at first you're like, we, we don't know, oh, you know, and then, but then he admits it to his friend and he drunk dials the lady and, you know, like, and then you're like, oh no, he is a piece of shit. Yeah. And then at the end too, you're like, are they going to redeem this guy? You know? And then he pull, pushes a lady off a building. So you're like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 fine, uh, you know, like welcoming his demise and uh, yes, squish out his eyeballs, please. You know, um, well, it's funny because at the same time, we're kind of hoping that you come around too. like we're rooting for Justin Long to come back to the center and be kind of chill. And then we're hoping that the mother, maybe she like gets out and the son makes her feel good and she just chills a little bit. 
But well, she survives I mean, a lot. Basic in this. Mo- yeah, I mean, she survives a lot. She's she she jumps off a building. She t- yeah. you know. Uh, she could just incorporate that bullet into her skull and just move on with her d- day. We don't well, know. Fuck, man. I mean, <laughs> the, the true villain of that movie is her father, clearly. And yes. I thought it was so fantastic. I love a good set design. And I felt like they were doing Hitchcock's rear window in there, just telling mm. the story with where he was. He had the paradise on the wall. He had all of the recorded horrors that he's committed in his own little Hollywood dungeon and the way that he takes um, initiative to exit this world, man, I've never felt so robbed of uh, comeuppance in my life. I wanted his eyeballs like punched out, but I don't think the mother would have done it. Yeah, I know. I think she's still too scared of him. (sighs) That's a good movie. It is. (laughs) That's why we're talking today. (laughs) So Matt, well, how, right, how long were your uh, how, how long were your shoot days uh, with all the makeup the whole, and everything? Right, they kept it all under twelve hours. Uh, I think because of the low budget, they they couldn't do like crazy overtime, and so um, even if the days where it took like five hours to get into the makeup, I was still out of the makeup within twelve hours. Um, but they got the makeup faster and faster. Uh, by the end, they were doing it like three hours. One one time, it was two hours. We looked at each other. Wow, getting fast. No. So going through that experience, would you rather now uh, continue this life in the makeup chair for hours, hours at a time, <laughs> learning uh, no lines, or learning all the lines and uh, completely uh, averting the makeup chair? I mean, both. You, you don't have to choose. <laughs> you know, that's 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 the 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 pleasure of an artistic career and 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 this wacky world of the, the business. You don't have to choose, you know, like uh, I can do my my musical next weekend about pun competitions that I'm doing next weekend. I can write a children's album of songs about dogs called I Love My Dog. And then I can also play a large naked feral woman. (laughs) There you go. And then and I and I can be set up to, uh, yeah, get back in the prosthetics for another horror venture. And then uh, also hopefully do things where my face is seen, too. You know, Um, a true renaissance. All fun. Hey, right? You got it. You got now stuff. when when you killed Bill Skarsgård <laughs> on camera. Yes. yes. Um. Do you think that this was a that this is it that that in the annals of of horror history, we're gonna look back at this moment to where you are killing uh, Pennywise, the face of <laughs> of popular culture. You're smashing it, and you're saying, "Here, here I am." That's right. It's a passing of the baton. It's give the prosthetics <laughs> to me now. That's Put it. Me in the it prequel, you know, or whatever. Oh God, do we need that? I mean, mm. it's happening. Is yeah. it happening? Yeah, I'm out. I think as a series, right? Oh, uh, y'all worse. are in the horror community. You know, yeah. that. you should. Know I, that I believe Skarsgård didn't want to do it too. I mean, from what he told me. So that was my first day on set was meeting Bill and then uh, killing Bill. And, and, you know, I mentioned my, my horror blind spots. I hadn't seen the two it movies. And so when I knew he was cast, I watched those two movies and was very impressed, obviously with his, I'm like, Oh my gosh, he delivered an iconic prosthetics performance of the decade. And uh, now I have to go like put on the prosthetics, uh, you know, no pressure to me, (laughs) you know? And, uh, but he was very nice and he was just like, I'm glad it's you in the rubber stuff and not me. Um, cause yeah, he served his me. time. He didn't like it. 
But I mean, but he'll he'll do it again for for the right thing. I mean, isn't he? He's going to be uh, what? Isn't he going to be Nosferatu or something? In uh, oh shit! Oh, that big. What? Yeah, Eggers? it's weird, dude. People are all different. I I literally was at um oh god, Kurt Hammett was putting on a weird kind of music festival convention out here that he called Fright Festival. I think he did it two times. And the first time we did it out in a three-story like concert venue. And on the in the basement floor, it was like a convention. Above that, there was a stage. And then on the third floor, he would do panels. And I remember on the second floor on the stage, they had Scott Ian and they were putting him in makeup no. to be Jack the Ripper. And he was just like with the Dude. raccoon beard. Yep. And he was just like talking about, man, you could get paid to do this. I would love to do this. You just sit here and annoy the fuck out of somebody putting makeup on you for hours. And he was loving it. You went upstairs and Kane Hodder was saying, this fucking sucks. I hate this, but I do it. And he, he was complaining about Friday the 13th part seven, where he went underwater and almost drowned in his prosthetics. So it's yes. always interesting. Some people are just cut out for it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm glad I'm not claustrophobic. Um, I'm glad that, like, oh god, I, yeah. I do have a, a level of patience. Um, and I've always, I mean, like, like I can sit and look in a mirror. I don't know what that says. Maybe I'm vain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't know. But I am an actor, so. <laughs> um, but there is something fascinating about, like, as far as getting into a character like slow-mo watching yourself transform into something completely unrecognizable from yourself and just having that be a process of getting into the character, you know, even if you're not going to go full method and, you know, even if you're going to break in and out of it still, like that is, that's part of the the process of, of getting in. Um, so it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Now, did you have any input when you were on set? Like, is there anything that you brought to the mother that wasn't already written? Like was was the original character the father, and you were like Zach? Wait a second. You're like uh, I'm like. What if some boobs were involved? Yeah. <laughs> Hear me out. Um, because I have them. I bring them everywhere I go. Uh, yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, just one thing that, like, that was a conversation was, so I knew. Okay, I'm gonna be breastfeeding Justin Long's character. I knew. Okay she has been watching this breastfeeding video on a loop for her whole life. So I asked Zach, what is that footage? Do you have it? Have you shot it? Are you going to shoot it? Um, can I see it as soon as possible? Cause I want to breastfeed Justin, uh, the same way that the woman is breastfeeding the baby in the video. And, uh, and then that sparked an idea with Zach. He was like, we are actually shooting that in the next, like tomorrow we can incorporate in gestures that the mother can can imitate and from that conversation came like like the nose boop <laughs> so like you know like a bit pretty big com uh, comedic moment and and then the kiss at the end the the kiss on the forehead which kind of like helps sell that ending moment where you where you empathize with her so um you know so and Zach like will be very generous and be like be like it was his idea and i'm like no 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 it was just a conversation and then you had the idea to like do the nose boop and the kiss and all that stuff <laughs> but that's an example of like the collaboration and the physicality, <laughs> and the physicality. <laughs> ah, bringing it back. 
And it, now, yeah, Matt, it wasn't in the I script. Wanna, <laughs> I want to talk about something that wasn't in the movie. A deleted okay. scene Uh-oh. that ah, yes. involves a rat and you yes. baby birding that rat to Justin Long. Why right. is that so, not in the movie? Well, uh, I think they thought, because that was just like a close-up on the mother's face, and I think they wanted to do like, you know, the shark and jaws kind of thing of like, don't show, you know, the more you show early on, the less scary it is. So, you know, so they wanted to save really seeing her close up till the end. Um, But yeah, right after the breastfeeding, uh, the breastfeeding scene, uh, you know, AJ still isn't latching. And so, um, (laughs) so the mother uh, has to, you know, you know, this Russell and Oksana, uh, you know, uh, you got to feed your baby. So, you know, <laughs> maybe you want, uh, this could be a suggestion to you. You know, if the baby isn't latching, just grab a rat, bite the head off the rat, chew it up, and then force their mouth open and spit it into their mouth. You know, just as a suggestion. <laughs> I don't know if that's in the baby books. I don't know if uh, maybe that's not cool anymore. But uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, we did that. We did that. Yeah. Now he's just... um He's just on uh, milk and formula right now, so we'd have to liquefy the rat. Can we can we combine the milk and the rat juice, maybe? Well, that's why you chew it up. That's why you chew it up. You chew it up real good. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it, get it nice and frothy. All oh, the mastication. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Dude, just honestly, that, that would have been too much. A mother, I'm a fan. It's you know? <laughs> <laughs> part of that research. Service. Yeah. Exactly. Honestly, I think it would have been you because you don't want to villainize that character. And I feel like even though there is kind of like a reversal in, you know, the thing about breastfeeding that's really interesting is that you can look at it as like a um, like when you have a kid, it changes aesthetically a lot. Like, I'm sure there are people who get very aroused by the thought. And I feel like Justin Long having that background, that turbulent background with an actress, he comes into that feeling almost like he's being raped. And I I think yeah. the audience, we kind of interpret it that way too. But there's that double, there's like a double meaning there. And mm-hmm. I think the rat doesn't offer that. <laughs> like, him, like baby birding him a rat. Like, I mean, it's cool and it's like comeuppance, but... I feel like it would be a lot harder to sympathize with the mother afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's a heightening of what is already established with the breastfeeding. It's like, yeah, yeah he's 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 getting his comeuppance. He's being forcibly, without consent, breastfed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so uh, yeah, that's his comeuppance. Um, and then that would just be gilding the lily to involve the rat. <laughs> but on the other hand, a mother provides. And a mother yep. provides with, uh, you know, the tools that she has uh, in her repertoire. All right. And, and unfortunately, in this scenario, one of the the only arrows she had in her quiver was a rat. Yep. You got to do what you got to do. Feed the children. It's pretty limited down there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm, I don't know. And, uh, you know, at very least, that, that'll, I mean, you talk about, like, did, did Jess and I still keep in touch? It's like, well, we, we will have always done that. You you can't take that away from us. We'll always have the boob and the rat. How many? How many takes did the rat? Yeah, how many takes? I think twice, maybe twice. We made him do that. Okay, Um, because it literally was. I mean, 
you know, it wasn't a rat, but it was uh, like this bloody prosciutto uh, that I had in my mouth. And, and I really did just drop it into his open mouth um, in the middle of a global <laughs> pandemic. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, uh, I was like, you, you, you okay with this? You know, looking like the mother talking like me, uh, how you doing? Yeah. You going to be all right with this? You know? And he's like, uh, well, it's definitely the grossest thing. So we have to do it, you know? So that's a testament to his attitude. He'll, he'll, he'll get into a prosthetic walrus or he'll take a mouthful of rat. You know, it's just like a, it's an inspiration to us all. So. Now, or he'll get hit in the head with a wrench in a dodgeball movie. <laughs> That's what he does. Exactly. Oh my God. He's committed. I love him. Now, where did the fuck did you find that deleted scene? I bought the movie. Okay. Yeah. Now, I remember when Barbarian first came out, they were talking about how they weren't going to make a physical release for it. I have a digital I know. Copy. What the F? Yeah. Did So did that ever happen? Did a Blu-ray come no. out? No. No. Okay. That's weird. And you know what's fucked up is when you deny people a thing, it they make it happen anyway. So there's a whole <laughs> little black market of uh, fan-made bootleg barbarian Blu-rays. And it's very gotcha. strange. Because the group that we go with, immediately we talk about like, oh, I hope that gets a steelbook release or we get a, like a 4K with a slipcover. And the first thing was, no, they've already said they're not putting a physical copy out. I don't understand so it. It's so insane. I don't know. You're in the horror community. Can't you take to the streets and demand? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> has Has anybody brought you a bootleg to sign? Uh, no, not yet. Uh uh-uh. oh. Oh shit! All right. No. I, I saw time. recently someone posted that they made a like a pop figure. You know those Funko Pop things. Yeah. But I I don't know. You guys would probably know. Like I assume that is a proprietary thing, the Funko Pop brand or something. And I didn't even know if this was someone that was just like, you know, making his off brand Funko pop thing, or if that meant it was an official thing. It seemed like it was off brand, but Oh man, it's tricky nowadays. He said he's going to, I'm doing a convention in Seattle next month. And he's like, I'm bringing it and you're going to sign it. So that's very exciting. You know? Yeah. There, there are a few accounts out there where people either 3d print or use like resin to make their own. Um, We actually did a Kickstarter for terrifier two. And one of the options was that Damien would make a like bootleg Funko pop of art. And we were the only people that did that tier. And Oh my God, it's one of the only DMS we get. There are two things we own that people constantly DM trying to buy off of us. It's that art, the clown pop and a VHS copy of a Serbian film. (laughs) So so very different things. But I honestly, I'm sure there are VHS copies of Barbarian out there. Wow. I guarantee people oh, yeah. are making those. And I want one. Yeah. And that's why when you brought up a deleted scene, I'm like, how the fuck did you watch that? Well, also, yeah, I, yeah so it's with the digital release. When you buy it, you can see all the deleted scenes. Um, but uh, but also, you can go to, uh, the like, Entertainment Weekly posted the rat video also. So I think if you Google... <laughs> If you Google Entertainment Weekly Barbarian Rat, I think you can find it that way also. <laughs> That's what they're covering now? Entertainment Weekly? <laughs> they're all rats Here, over there. Watch somebody get baby birded a rat. Why not? God damn. So digital, they have deleted scenes on there now? Is it like a sub menu or does it just play after the credits or something? It was have a sub menu. you never bought anything on the... 
No. He's not a oh digital guy. No. He's, it has to be physical and it has to take up space and it has to collect dust and it has to I turn understand. into dust. Well, here's the, I understand. here's the thing, Matt, in the future, in 10 years, we're always going to look back and we're going to be mad at us 10 years ago. So when they decide <laughs> that you shouldn't have been a female monster and they digitally correct you or something, <laughs> I'm going to have my little bootleg VHS and I'm going to be like, you know what? You didn't fuck with this copy. That's why <laughs> the Star Wars movies, you know, before the yeah. creators went back and like monkeyed with everything. Why does George Lucas uh-huh. have to take a hit on every episode of the show? <laughs> well, no, the laser discs are worth a ton of money for that. That's I why I have a laser disc collection without a laser disc player. That's true. There's a method to my madness, dude. But yeah, I'm not it's joking. Insane that you can't see the original, the original version of those movies. It's insane. Yeah. No. And they're just like, no, this is better. And, you know, the thing, and you'll learn this with horror, horror and any genre, we like really take ownership over the movie and they will straight up ignore the filmmakers. Anybody involved, they're like, you're wrong. This is what we say. And I mean, I understand. I kind of do that, too. And I want to own like a snapshot of that movie that can't be fucked with. Yeah. And I, dude, it's becoming more and more of a thing. Like they do it a lot now and they kind of don't talk about it. They'll just remove words or like they'll change things like, um, yeah, I'm not going to get into books, but they've been doing that a lot recently. Well, uh, you know, Blockbuster, the Blockbuster exclusives. You remember that? Yeah. You know, they basically made their own edits of movies. That was a little different though, where they would add more to it. No, they would take stuff away too. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. The ones that are worth money are where they added more. So that they could license that particular copy. Yeah, that's kind of gone, but I don't know. Matt, I'm just, I'm glad, and I hope you have a uh, a good experience in the horror community. I think you will. You've, you, you're totally right. You're a 1920s monster, which means you're probably going to get more love than anything else. I hope so, yeah. I mean, like, certainly the horror community has embraced, like, the Terrifier movies. Like, at conventions, they are cleaning up, and, like, all yeah. the merch, all the all the vendors are making all this, like, Terrifier stuff. And then um, at the two that I've done, there have been some vendors that make a Barbarian thing, and, and that's been very exciting, you know. Um, but, so, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe maybe it will grow over time, or, you know, maybe it was what it was, and it, like you're saying, we'll, we'll kind of... I don't know, be forgotten. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but yeah, I hope I, to keep doing more in the community and, uh, you know, I don't think being forgotten is even in the cards for barbarian. There's too much like pop culture mixed in there. And it's just a good movie. Like yeah. we hear everybody's fucking critique. And I don't remember anybody coming back being like, it was boring or it was okay. Everybody was like, Oh, finally a good movie. And I think most people were surprised that the trailer didn't ruin it. Like, you kind of came into that movie, and it still had a lot to offer beyond the trailer. So, I mean, just remember, Terrifier 1, nobody saw it. And I again, I have my little DVD with the slipcover downstairs. Well, the, th- the interesting thing is that enough people saw Terrifier 1. That's the important <sighs> thing. Is like, maybe not a bunch, but enough did to make Terrifier 2 the monster. That to roll is. that little Kickstarter, yeah. 100%. So all you need is a franchise. <laughs> That's what you need. Just bring the mother back. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not in my hands. That's in <laughs> Zach Kreger's hands. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I'm really hoping um, you pop up more. Like, Thank let's you. hope Doug Jones can't do some roles and that you get some really good ones coming up. 
I know. He's been like, he's been so generous to even let, you know, Bruce, our manager, do that. And, uh, but yeah, he's like, he's the nicest guy and taking me under his prosthetic wing. What a guy. I, I just thought of another uh, thing. When, Russ, you were saying about the trailer not leaking the movie and spoiling yeah. anything, it kind of brought up a mind is that, you know, now, Matt, now you, your character, obviously, you know, um, you're, you're welcome into act two here. But, uh, so you obviously, you know, knew where the movie was headed, but did the rest of the script, like how locked down was sort of the turn in the story? Did, did everyone on the project know where we were headed? Did everyone have a full script? What, what did that look like? Yeah, we all had a full script and that those twists were in the script. Um, but still it, it, it doesn't compare to riding that ride with an audience that has no idea what's happening or going to happen. Uh, I think that's yeah. why I saw it in the theater so many times uh, was it was just, yeah, fun to just feel the surprise of people as those hard twists occur. Um, so, yeah, it's fun. So did you did you just walk into any random showings <laughs> and just uh, just kind of chill out and like, you know, undercover style? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I have like. I've, you know, the AMC a list, which is like the monthly subscription, you know, so, yeah, so, I, yeah, so you, you can see three movies uh, a week. And so for, yeah, the first like weeks, like all three were like, he saw barbarian and then he saw barbarian and then he saw barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then, yeah, like, I don't know, one time I was sitting next to someone who was being very reactive the whole movie. And then at the end of the movie, uh, I had said, uh, you were a fun person to sit next to because you were so into it. And I played the mother. I was the the, the, the titty lady. And then, uh, <laughs> and then it, it took him a second to, uh, you know. <laughs> you were the titty lady. <laughs> and then as I was leaving, he's like, oh, good job. You know. <laughs> Did you overhear but, anybody saying anything disparaging or was it all like positive? Those, those titties suck. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think I overheard any of that uh no no any crying babies in the movie oh uh, yeah no i don't know no at one convention th this like little girl had me sign a thing and then later tagged me with her like holding the picture framed with my signature i'm just like she is too young to have watched this movie <laughs> but uh i guess not i guess not she was really into it so yeah you get a lot of that out here Anyway, I'm I'm glad to have you in the community, man. Um, you're a fucking cool dude, and you're very talented. So Thanks, we need dudes. to we need to get him some more roles. Okay. Let's do that. Also, yeah. and and Matt, I I, I want to I'm gonna take you behind the curtain here. Uh, we've been doing this show seven years. Uh, be seven years this year. I think so. Um, Russell is still actors. It's a tricky challenge for Russell to talk to an actor because. Um, you know, I, I'm a challenging personality. And so I think he sees that when he sees an actor, he just thinks, oh, great. It's another Clark. I have to talk yeah, to. And it, it fills him with a lot of anxieties. You eased all of his concerns today. So the mountain oh. that you climbed that you didn't even know you were climbing, you reached the summit, my friend. Wow. Well, you know, we all reached that summit together. <laughs> we couldn't have done it, you know, without each other. And I want us all to feel good about what happened on this day. <laughs> we we all climbed to the top of the water tower. Exactly. And now we're about to dive off. And now you're going to push me off. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank but you. But I will protect all of you, my babies. 
So Matt, how can uh, how can uh, everyone keep up with you? Um, what's what's next for you? Uh, socials, anything like that? Oh, you can follow me on Instagram, Matthew Patrick Davis, or on my YouTube, Matthew Patrick Davis. You know, those are those are good ways. And uh, what's what's uh, what's next for you, man? Well, like I said, I'm doing a musical next weekend. I mean, I don't know when this thing drops, so it might even be a uh, uh, Thursday. Oh, okay. So this uh, Sunday, um, uh, the 23rd, um, if anyone's in LA, come to the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater and uh, come to my musical that I wrote about pun competitions, which are a real thing that exists. People competitively pun. Oh, Randy, we got to get you signed up, brother. <laughs> this yeah, is are it. you a this... pun competitor? Are you a punster? I'm not a competitor, but I appreciate a good pun. Right. He's an, he's an amateur punster. Yeah, yeah. High level. It probably probably like a five handicap uh, animal <laughs> punster. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. Well, good deal. Uh, Russ, you got anything for Matt before we send him on his day? No, but if you're in L.A., you know, here's the secret way to ambush Matt after a uh, performance. Because here's the thing you're going to find out. Horror fans, they pay attention to the non-horror shit you do. And when you're getting out the back door, walking down the alley, and there's somebody there holding something, it's probably a pen and a book. And they're like, hey, Matt, come sign this. And they'll have a little hairy bottle for you to feed them. You'll notice their, <laughs> you'll notice their gingivitis. Yeah, it would be great. Yeah, It would be so my again, high honor. <laughs> dude, Um, you're fantastic, man. And if you end up coming to, like, Monster Palooza or uh, what, Sinister Creature Con or something, we'll probably come out there and bug you. So you got that to look forward to. Yeah. Tell those people that, uh, that, that you want the mother and then they'll, uh, they'll make it happen. Good deal. Matt, you're a fantastic dude. Well, I love you, Matt. And, uh, I can't wait to see what you do next in the genre, man. Thanks dudes. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye. <laughs>